Yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Oh, sports, uh, yes we do. Oh, sports, uh. It's for you, play and play, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports, give us a call, okay? Oh yeah, hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. We're hyped up on a crazy sports Monday. So much to talk about. We got five different sports categories to hit up. So let's start and join the adventure with us. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, hit us up, Today at gmail.com. Check out the website, rayandtaytoday.com. We're very interactive. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all Ray and Tay today, R-A-E-A-N-D-T-A-Y today. You got it? (laughs) Ray, you know who got it. It's college football. Everyone's going crazy. The rankings are in. The matchups are set. Clemson, number one, against number four, Oklahoma. Number two, Alabama against number three, Michigan State. We'll break it up the games and everything. But did the 12-man committee for college football, did they get it right? And do you like the seeding and the matchups? Yes, yes, and yes. I think they got it right all season. And they got it right this time. I like – look, I'm still saying Michigan State should have lost to Michigan – But at the end of the day, they won that game. And on a neutral field, they beat a team in Iowa that you and I both said we give more respect to after we saw them for a full game as opposed to watching them for a quarter here and a half there. They're a very good team, an excellent defensive team. So I believe that if you win on the field, you have to be rewarded. So I like the fact that Oklahoma State, again, Big 12 needs to do something about that and, and, and add two more teams and have a championship game because this is ridiculous that the other Big 5 conferences have that championship. But I thought the committee got it absolutely right. And, you know, maybe Alabama might be the best team in the nation, but Clemson is undefeated, and they're the only undefeated of the major teams. So Clemson has to be one. I think Alabama's absolutely two. And I have no problem with Michigan State, who won on the field, moving ahead of Oklahoma, who didn't play. So 100% correct, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Also, along the same lines, not only does the Big 12 need a championship, but I think this could be a year where you could say, you know what, we could do eight, eight teams for a playoff. And I think at the end, look, it might not happen right away, but I think at the end of the time, that's where it's going to be. It'll be perfect. You can get the five conference champions and then three wild cards. And I also think that you should probably cut off some one week of the cream, cream puff games 
and then everybody should play the same amount, whether it's eight or nine conference games. But it can't be from conference to conference. It's different because then you're not comparing apples to apples. And that's kind of annoying. And I, and I think it's the only way when you're doing sort of a subjective comparing of teams that everything's got to be sort of as close to the same as it can be. So I think eventually college football will get to that perfect setup. Because, look, this year you could very easily have had Clemson against Notre Dame in a rematch, or you could have done, you know, uh, the Clemson-Stanford. You could have done Notre Dame-Bama. You could have done, uh, what is it, three Michigan State against Ohio State. And then Iowa again. That that's a lot of rematches there, ironically enough. Yeah, you, you could have a lot of rematches, and, you know, and maybe you could work it so you don't have a rematch if you're moving the seeds up and down. But either way, you're getting great games. I mean, and obviously, just looking at, you know, the college football playoff, but separate from that, the Rose Bowl is Iowa-Stanford. That's one heck of a game. And then out here in Arizona, we got the Fiesta Bowl, it might be the best game of the all of them all, and if Notre Dame was healthy throughout the year, could have possibly wound up been maybe been a championship game in Ohio State against Notre Dame. So right there, those would have been the eight teams, and I'm telling you, mark your words, and you know we'll go through the the bowl games at another date, and we'll make our picks, but without question. Ray and Tay will be having a close eye on Iowa-Stanford, which is a great matchup, and Notre Dame-Ohio State. You know. December 31st, national semifinals, and then the the great games on the 1st, and then the finals are the 11th. So the winners get, what is that, uh, 12 days or 11 days in in between games. Yeah, and I you can't complain about that. And then people will argue if you have eight teams, then it's an extra game. It's only the extra game for the teams in the championship. And I don't want to hear about education and classes and yada, yada, yada. It's business and money. And they can make it work. And if you really cared about their health, then you could take away, like I said, one of the weeks of the cream puff games that they have on the schedule you could always do that. So at the end of the day, nobody wants to lose money, but I do think they'll get to eight and two X and two teams for the. Oh, did we lose Tay there? So we may have some technical difficulties with Tay, I but I mean, we have a leg. And the NFL has Division One college football. That's the minor leagues. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. It's the second biggest sport in America, and we love it. We drink the Kool-Aid. Hey, we got to talk about some of these hirings. Um, I don't know if you saw, well, Kirby Smart, Alabama's defensive coordinator, first-time head coach going to Georgia. What are your thoughts on that one? Look, anybody coming out of Alabama, you got to think that they have that Saban pedigree and under the Saban tree. Although the Belichick tree hasn't done that well, but – the saving tree, you you got to think, good hire, and then it's a, and then it's a domino effect, right? And then Georgia's Georgia's down a coach; they just hire a coach. Georgia's former coach, Mark Richt, goes to Miami. We talked about that a little bit. A former Miami guy going back home. Did you see the Steve Sarkeesian 
is now filing a lawsuit against USC for wrongful termination. So that'll be interesting to see how that works out in the court. But I thought he got his money anyway, so I'm I'm not sure where that lawsuit you know is going. But I, I don't know that he has much grounds to stand on. But uh, we'll we'll definitely follow it for you at Rain. I guess I guess he's thinking it's going to hurt his future earnings to get a job right away. And he feels that they weren't supportive of him in terms of him trying to get healed from his addiction. I don't know. There was another hiring. Uh, uh, my mind is, is playing tricks on me here, little ghetto boys. <laughs> there was another team that got another coach, too. I don't know who it was. But, I, I you know, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. Just uh, before we bounce. Wait, they quick. announced the Heisman Trophy finalists. I don't know if you saw that, but it's oh, really three no, guys no. are going to New York. Only yes, three? Derrick Henry, yep, McCaffrey, and Watson. I mean, those are the three guys. I mean, no, you, no, you, those you are could, the three. You could put Ray. Baker Mayfield in there, but that's just for show. No, no, I mean, no. This is really a year Navy where – The Navy kid could have flew there from after his game. He's had a great career. He's having a great season. The Navy kid should be there. It's just the right thing to do. I mean, come on. I, you know, they normally bring five guys. To just bring three, no, I don't like it. Yeah, but to me, these three, I mean, Eric Henry's going to win it, but they all have a legitimate shot. If any of these three uh-huh. was the, the Heisman Trophy winner, you wouldn't have a problem with that. Right? How about Deshaun Watson? Grace of Leonard Fournette? Not even getting an invite. He dominated half the season. I know, I know. Yeah, well, that's the one where you where where you are a little bit sad for him wow. because he was the runaway Heisman Trophy winner through five or six games. It's almost and like his first seven games didn't matter, and then he faces Bama, and then everything goes downhill. Wow, that's true. And the problem is that the guy who's going to win the Heisman plays his position in his conference and his team held him to 31 yards rushing in that game. So the that's unfortunate. But you're right, though. He yeah. he deserves to go to New York. I mean, yeah. that that's the one exception of a guy that, you know, on any other year could have been a Heisman Trophy, even though he faded a little bit in the second half. Yeah, and the team faded, too. But I'm not angry at the three guys going. I think, you know, we kind of – Threw it out there on Twitter, and it, and it's just, you know, we both agree. I mean, Henry's going to win it. This guy broke Herschel Walker's rushing record for the SEC. And then, you know, you've got – and he broke his own team's touchdown and rushing record as well for Bama from Trent, Trent Richardson. He – then you've got McCafferty, who in second place, broke Barry Sanders' all-purpose yards – He's got 3,460 3, yards total rushing. I mean, total uh, yards gained from, yards from scrimmage. And, yeah, from, well, from total yards gained, period, because he gets the, the punt returns and kickoff returns. The kid is amazing, and we saw Barry Sanders do it. So, you know, if this guy's breaking Barry Sanders' record as a sophomore, you got to believe we'll see him in New York this time next year. Uh, Stanford got David Shaw, man. You know, we got to, hey, we got to applaud our friends at the show, David Shaw. He might not be in the college football playoff, but ladies and gentlemen, he won the Pac-12, which I will say this, it was not the conference that we thought it would be this year, but I will say at the same time, they destroyed each other. 
So the conference from top to bottom might have some of the best depth because even teams that aren't as good were still good at the bottom. You're talking the cows, Washington, Washington State. The, the conference itself has got a lot of talent, and the teams just kind of ate each other alive from Arizona to ASU to UCLA, USC, Oregon, Stanford, Utah. So I will say for Stanford to win the Pac-12, not to you know get into the playoff, but they had the two losses. They had one heck of a season, and I think we'll see them back here next year where they have to replace Kevin Hogan at quarterback. But uh, real quick, before we move on to the NFL, just a quick look. What do you think? Clemson, Oklahoma, Bama, Michigan State. Not our official picks. Just a little, little, little quick breakdown. So, like we keep saying on the show, Oklahoma might be the most balanced team in the country in the sense that, what are they, top 15 offense, top 15 defense? Yeah. So that team, now they're going to be the rustiest because they haven't played. They will have not played for, what is it, uh, last week? Let's let's call it November, I don't know, 27th, 28th, whatever that is, until yeah. December 31st. So that's five weeks. That's a full five weeks. At least, uh, at least Clemson played in the game. We'll talk about that in a sec. So that'll be very interesting. Um, can Deshaun Watson lead his team? That defense was a little, a little shaky against Carolina. Uh, so that'll be very. That, that's a great matchup. And then the second matchup, I got to be honest with you. I think Alabama just blows them out. Uh, even yeah. though I don't like Coker, I just think they're the better version of Michigan State. You know what I mean? They're better defensively. They run the ball better. Uh, they have more opportunities to create plays on defense. So it's almost like how Iowa Co- and Coker's going to win the championship and make you like him and say, I'm I'll write it. I'm sorry if he wins the national championship. But yeah, it looks like I don't know if we if we lost Tay there for a sec. But what great games we had this weekend and the conference championship weekends. Again, too bad the Big Twelve doesn't have a conference championship, but starting with the late games, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Michigan State, Iowa, a defensive battle that came down to the last 27 seconds, Michigan State kicking a field goal. But you know what? These two teams could have played each other for 100 minutes, 200 minutes, and it would have been basically a a field goal difference. I mean, these two teams were just so evenly matched, and both of them were outstanding defensively. And it's too bad one of them had to lose, but that that was Iowa. What did you think about that game? Well, for me, I, I, I got to say, say that Iowa impressed me so much. And they really, they were dominant. And I, I thought that they had a shot to win that game. Michigan State did what they had to do, so they got the win. 
I don't. I actually don't think either one of those teams are better than Stanford, just with the eye test. You know, if you're watching the game. Okay. You know, when I look at situation, I don't know if that's uh, on your end. Yeah, we're having some computer issues here. But I'm going to say this. Stanford. Not Stanford, I'm sorry. The um I think that the Clemson North Carolina game was the most exciting. Bama, Florida, you see that Bama was just so dominant. Florida is not a good team. I forgot who they're playing in a bowl game. Oh, they play Michigan. That's a great yeah, one. That I told be, my son is a gator fan. So I told them uh, my Michigan team is gonna spank his gators. They have no offense at all. They miss Will Greer tremendously. Florida's defense is good, but one thing you got to realize about Derrick Henry, you can slow him down for the first 20 carries, but what are you going to do the second 20 carries? Or the second yeah, didn't he carry the ball 44 times? Yes. For yes. 180? That's I mean, but that's ridiculous. 40, I, know. I guess they knew, they knew they had a month off, so you could run him 44 yes. times. That's a lot of carries. He is – he's a crazy horse is what he is. He's a thoroughbred – now, a friend to our show who we had on on Friday, Dave Sims, he threw out something interesting. Could Derrick Hendry be the next Trent Richardson, you know, in terms of not really, you know, being good at college but not really NFL? I hope that's not the case. I don't think he is. I really don't. But, you know, it's hard to tell because you surely would have been. These, these Alabama backs – have not been outstanding. I mean, Mark Ingram's probably the best of the bunch. He won the Heisman Trophy, and then he got drafted something like 22 or 24, something like that, by the New Orleans Saints. He's had a decent career, but nothing that you would you know you'd expect more from a Heisman Trophy winner. And then the other guys, T.J. Yeldon, TBD, right? Too soon. He looks good Trent. though for a rookie. He looks good. Yeldon looks pretty good. Okay, Trent Richardson. Eh, you know, he, he was pretty much a, a bust. And uh, Eddie Lacy, I mean, what happened to Eddie Lacy? He, he had one good year, and, and then he put and on the weight. He was eating too much knows? cheese in Green Bay. You can't guess. have burgers every day. I guess, man, I guess. So it really comes down to on offense, Alabama, who, who have they really had? I mean, they've had DJ Fluker maybe. In San Diego, and this kid Amari don't, Cooper does look wait, like a real don't, deal. Don't try to act like don't try to act like you wasn't young once. Did you have cheeseburgers in a forty ounce? <laughs> yeah, no, I did. But the problem is, I didn't play football and I didn't put on twenty extra pounds. <laughs> so I'm saying, if you're gonna do that, then you got to go back to the gym and work it off. You definitely do. You definitely do. Wait, let me let me finish with this though. I I gotta say, shame that that. You know, you'll address the, the Clemson-Carolina game later, champs and chops, but I do have to address this. Shame on Dabo, sweetie. I, I'm a root for Oklahoma, and I think that they can take care of Clemson. But I'm going to root for Oklahoma more so because I did not like the way Dabo was ripping his punter during the game, yelling, hitting at him after he, you know, messed up the, the, the punt and ran with it or whatever. And then in the press conference, he, like, ripped him too. He's like, I don't know what happens to the kid, you know. It's almost like I didn't call for no fake punt. It was the kid lost his mind. Okay, we get it, Dabo. The kid made a mistake. But, I mean, do you have to kill him in front of the cameras time and time again, hitting him on the sideline, yelling and yelling and yelling, 
then rip him in the post conference to the media. And I mean, like, there's no like, I'm the adult here. I'm I'm a 40 year old man. I'm, I'm 40. Man. I'm 40. You used to talk to your boy from Oklahoma State. I'm 40. I'm a man. They should come up to me. No, yeah, but here's the thing. I don't I mean, know if you saw right? at the end of the game. Wait, but but listen to this though. You, did you see at the end of the game something very similar? Or at the end of what was it? At the end of the game or at the end of the half? I forgot. The very similar thing happened with Deshaun Watson. He called the play, Dabble did, yeah. and yeah. Watson audibled out of the play and yeah. actually made the wrong play, frankly, because yeah, he, he got the, bailed out. Yeah, he did the fake and he did the wrong play. He should have spiked it so they could have gotten two plays. So anyway, you know, the coach was right, but but uh, he also ripped him. Now, maybe he didn't rip him as bad because that's his Heisman Trophy winner and that's his starting quarterback. Oh, yeah, nowhere near like, as bad. <laughs> there's a way to do it and there's a way to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just was kind of surprised because it was just like so much extra. It was really extra. And I didn't think it was cool. But then um, let's, we'll clean up college football. And then basically I, I'll say this. I, I think, like you, Bama's going to handle Michigan State. It, it's just, they like you said, they're the same team. But I am impressed with what Michigan State did against Iowa and Ohio State, especially without Connor Cook. Connor Cook is not who I thought it was. And I'm going to be honest, Trent Dilfer was just talking about it pregame. Yeah, we might we might have some. T- we got you fading in and out. So, anyway, bottom line, committee got it right. Four teams, the right four teams, in my opinion. I think Tay agrees with me. Some great matchups. Looks like we're gonna have a great bowl season. Think about. December 31st Definitely. and January 1st, how many great bowl games there are going to be. I mean, there are going to be five or six can't-miss bowl games. So get your VCRs ready. Get your DVDs ready. Get your whatever technology you use. Get your live streaming ready. Get, get, your, get your DVRs. Get whatever you need to do, watch as many of those games or tape as many of those games as you need to because those are some really, really good bowl games this season. Oh, definitely. It's uh must see. But I was just saying the quarterbacks might not be as good as everybody thinks they're going to be. And That's I agree. This is a weak Jared year for Goff, quarterbacks. I mean, you, I mean, just think about just think about who's going to New York and who's not going to New York because typically this is a quarterback-driven game and the Heisman Trophy is definitely a quarterback-driven award and it comes down to two running backs and a quarterback. I mean, Baker Mayfield didn't even make it. And if you think about it, there aren't that many excellent quarterbacks. Last year was Mariota. The year before was Winston. You know, this this year, and, and then Watson's probably going to finish third in the voting, but there aren't great, great quarterbacks this year in college. I think everybody would agree with that. Running backs are dominating on the offensive side of the ball, much more so than quarterbacks. I think it's time to transition, and we need to transition to the NFL. We just completed work week 13, and you know I get sentimental when you start talking double digits. 13 weeks out of 17, I'm very <laughs> excited because the playoffs are around the corner, but I get sad because the end yep. is near. <laughs> no, listen, it, three quarters you, you get of the emotional. Way the season. We're three-quarters of the way over already. You definitely get emotional. It's week 13 in the NFL, 
And you know what? I think we have to start with Sunday night. And for me, I get emotional with my team because I think we still have a shot. Even though the Steelers are the seventh seed, what you saw last night for fantasy football fans was a dream. And I think it's also a futuristic dream for Steeler fans because what they put on the Colts and it sort of took out uh, Hasselbeck as being one of the undefeated quarterbacks, brought him and the Colts back down to earth, 45-10. That was a a shellacking and a spanking all in one. I thought Antonio Brown was a little crazy jumping on the thing like Super Mario on the goalpost. That was kind of risque. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah, you got to protect your jewels, man. Protect your groove. That, That was like, and he kept the ball in his hand, which was pretty impressive. That was crazy. But when you see Wheaton, Bryant, and Brown with Big Ben and Brown Sugar D'Angelo running like that, this offense is special. And we can go to Denver, we can go to Cincinnati, and we can go to New England and win. And that's why I said that in the beginning of the season, even with our injuries and even as the injuries have come on, we just need to get in. We've made it to the Super Bowl before as a wild card, and it can happen again. And I think the Steelers are the type of team that can play well on the road. Some teams, you know, like, look, the Patriots Super Bowl runs, they've all been with with them being the one or two seed. You know, so some teams might need to win at home. The Steelers are not one of them. And I think the same in the NFC with the Packers as well. But it was a great win. Big Ben did his thing. The stats were just absurd. And good for them. I think they're they're on a mission. And they just got to, you know, they got to win out. And I, and I think they have a, a shot to Did do it. They got a big game with Cincinnati. That the Seahawks released Carrie Williams. Ten games after starting ten games this season, he got released mid-season, like right now. You know, if somebody comes into that locker room, you have to respect Pete Carroll. Someone comes into that locker room, doesn't jive, doesn't fit in, doesn't play like Percy Harvin, they will replace them. Now, he can do that because Lane is back healthy. So he can do that. Kerry Williams, look, rightfully so, your boy got rid of him in Philly, and he just – he's got talent, but he mentally is not in games. Now, Seattle, you know, we could talk about them now. I mean, that Seattle game was, you know, a big game yesterday. They spanked Minnesota. Um but this is definitely shocking news. Look, 38-7, to 7, you don't give AP any carries. Russell Wilson. Eight carries, right? Eight for you can't, you can't. You can't do eight carries for 18. He said it, they were outcoached. I don't blame him for saying that. How do, how, does, how do the coaching staff think that they're going to win by giving the ball to him eight times? I, you know, the, yeah, they got blown out, but you know what? The game early on, he's got to get more than eight carries. He can get eight carries in the first three series. So it's just silliness to me. I'll tell you this, Seattle is hot. They're on a streak now. I they told got, you what, don't worry three about you, No, yeah, no, you said it. You said it, definitely. And, you know, the team I believe in, and I think they're good enough to win. They could go through the NFC on the road as well. And so you got to watch the teams. Actually, the Steelers and Seahawks last week's game was one of the best games all season, and I think both those teams are very dangerous. Look, if you would have told anybody that the Seahawks would have no uh, Marshawn Lynch and no Jimmy Graham and their offense would be putting up 38 points, people would have laughed in your face. So that right there tells you Russell is coming of age. Sierra is giving him good back rubs, and my man is doing his thing. 
you know. So we 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 skipped around a little little bit a little bit, but so let's let's talk about the the other late afternoon games. We got to touch on your boy Cam. Um, Cam. That last drive, Ray. I mean, forty-one thirty-eight, five touchdown passes that go back and forth. I'll talk about the Saints' defense later on at Champs and Chumps, but Drew Brees, you know, he he, he still he still gives you what you need. Him and Cooks were lighting it up. You worry about the Panthers' secondary now. Starting the, the safeties are hurt. I think Coleman got hurt, and Josh Norman's a heck of a corner. He made a big play at the end. But I think this is good for Carolina. They got tested on the road in the division, and they had to sort of come back to win a game using their offense. And Cam Newton showed yesterday he can throw the ball just arm, back leg, sideways, uh, wrong foot, right foot. I mean, the, the dude is he's, he's doing hip-hop, and, he, and he's your MVP. I'd be shocked if he didn't get it at this point. Yeah, he, it's his to lose at this point. I mean, unless they lose. Yeah, I mean, what, three, four games left? Three in a row, yeah. Unless they lose the next you know, three out of four, then he, he's your guy. Uh, why not? Because his team has got a two-game lead over everybody else. They're undefeated. They got a two-game lead over everybody else in the league, and they they and he's the man. And we keep and he talking does. about doing more with less. He's Is got. He like, uh, would you, you say know, he's sixty percent of the offense? Because he does a lot of running too. Yeah, I would. He's got to be more like than I mean, that. Yeah, because yeah, he's you figure that the amazing. only thing he's not involved in is handing the ball off to. No, catching Jonathan Stewart. Do. <laughs> well, if he he'll throw it, but he'll be on the other side, right? So the only place he's not involved in technically was when he hands off to Jonathan Stewart, and it's not like Jonathan Stewart is killing it. So I mean, he's doing okay, but it's not like he's yeah, having an AP yeah. year, you know. So yeah, it's it's all about Cam. And, and then, then what happens next year when they get Calvin Benjamin back? They get better. They get better is what happens, and I still would add to that. I wouldn't just. I would get another. I'd get another small, quicker receiver, and I, you know, if you want to keep Cotri and Philly Brown, they could become four and five. But I think you definitely try to get better. You know, you you can add somebody else to this mix. I think Funches will develop. He's still not impressive. He's just good as a rookie receiver. Benjamin was very and good. What and what if Teddy Ginn could actually catch the ball? Right, and, you know. Listen, <laughs> you notice I didn't say his name because I don't know if they're. You know, he's more special teams. I, he, you know, he's had some moments this year. He's definitely got some touchdowns. He's got the speed still, but yeah, the hands, the hands, the hands. You know, he, he's no Deshaun Jackson, who we'll see tonight on Monday Night Football. Now the Chiefs, we got to applaud them. I'll give them props later in champs and chumps. But you know, the Raiders have kind of fallen apart. We thought the Raiders might be ready, but they're, they, they. They 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 they're too young. They you know they they're not ready. They're not key smart. They're not a key sweat. You know they they're too young. They're not ready. So they may not be key smart either. They're not ready to hit a jump from key, the from the baseline smart. to win the national No key smart and no key sweat. So <laughs> but what who is ready is your boy Macklin Smith West uh, <laughs> Ware Weston Ware. That's the that's the new law firm Weston Ware in the backfield. Kelsey, uh, you know. Alex Smith is impressive, and Coach Reed, I, I got to give him credit. You know his record off the buys; he doesn't lose. You know his this, this six-game winning streak. Prop, props to them. Props to them. And then we got to talk about Denver. I mean, they they take care of San Diego, Ray, and you know it wasn't pretty. Chargers actually played a better defensive game that you've seen from them all season. But 
Goodness gracious, three points on a Phillip Rivers team? That That's shocking. I mean, And it's yeah, all the injuries. embarrassing, and it is yeah. a lot of injuries. But you know what? A You're lot. at home, and the Broncos are good, but, but you still got to score more than three at home. They're, they're, that smells like an L.A. LA I was about to say, they're yeah. leaving. They're leaving, they're leaving. They're not, on they're the next train. Let me ask you something, though. Did, did Brock Osweiler show you enough that when Peyton Manning comes back, you're sticking with Big Brock? He hasn't lost yet, has he? Nope. No. Yeah, I mean, I I got it. Peyton's got to be 100%. Now, what I could do is week 17, put Peyton in. If he looks good, then he can start in the playoffs. If he doesn't, then I go back to Brock. I could do that out of respect to Peyton. But Peyton would have to show me, you know, it's the show me state. He'd have to show me something, you know. Like, I, I really think Brock – the team believes in the kid and they play for him. And I think he's, he's done a pretty good job. I told you he was going to win that Patriot game and he did it, man. And that was big to me. I, 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 I got to go with Brock, but like I said, I'd give Peyton week 17 and, uh, week he 17's looks, a weird week though, right? Because you've got the, the, depending on who you are. Oh, so you want him playing in the, the, the Bengal game? You want Peyton in the Bengal game? Well, that'll that'll <laughs> determine probably if you win a, if you're home field or not. Is that uh, I mean, next I, week? Look, or week is that, is that week fourteen or fifteen? I think that's week fifteen. Right? I don't want him playing until he's ready. Let's put it that. Yeah. Way. Okay. But I I'm saying say rest the guy. But that's what I'm saying. Rest him until week seventeen, because then he can come back seventeen and look good. Then you could have trust in it. That's what I'm saying. Like, look, he's not going to get better with less rest, right? <laughs> so, I mean, to me, like, no, that's true. Plant, uh, uh, plantar fasciitis, our boy Edgar had that, man. I mean, it's like walking around on hot coals. It hurts. You know, you're in constant pain every step, let alone planting to throw a football and pivoting, and you surely can't do play-action pass. Oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, that's not um, – and the shoulder, you know, all all the stuff, you know. Uh, I don't know. Now, look, one thing we gotta we gotta say on our show, and I think both of us have got to say a little. I'm sorry to a gentleman by the name of Blaine Gabbert, because Blaine Gabbert's at Short Drones are playing some football for the Niners, ladies and gentlemen. Orange Niners win in overtime. That that was amazing. I gotta say, Blaine Gabbert is the man. And I that run I'd never up say the that. middle was, was, that was unbelievable, and his poise in the fourth quarter and in <laughs> yeah, overtime, unbelievable. Good. Yeah, so let me just real quick to to finish up our uh, <laughs> our segment on Peyton Manning. So uh, interesting schedule here. Okay. Okay, Sunday, home against Oakland this coming Sunday. Next yeah. Sunday at Pittsburgh. The following Monday night, Bengals home against the Bengals, and then the following Sunday. So that's already January, January third, home against San Diego. So he can come back and play against San Diego. Not going to be playing. Not a great defense. And I'll see how he. You know, I need to see him pass the ball. Now, would it make any difference to you that if they were to beat Cincinnati? They get a home game they'd have and the a two, bye. One or one, yeah, they'd have probably. Well, they would have the one or two seed. We don't know if they lose any of these other games to right. the Raiders or Steelers. But let's assume. But, let's assume that your calculus is that if they win Week Seventeen, the, you mm-hmm. get yourself a bye. 
So not only do you get to, you know, get Peyton Manning back, you put him against a good defense, confidence, but you also get a week off. I don't know. I don't know. I'll say this. I don't want to see Peyton for the first time in the playoffs. I'd like to see him week 17. Because to me, the pressure of having to bench him or not bench him in a playoff game and he's having a bad first quarter, that's too much, right? Like that's – and it's embarrassing to a legend. Let him play week 17 and be like, you know what, I just don't feel good enough. And and they can talk about it behind closed doors and release whatever statement they need to make. Brock's going to go forward. Peyton will say, my thigh, my quad, yada, yada, whatever. Don't don't bench Peyton at halftime of a divisional game at home against, you know, the Jets, you know, the Buffalo Bills. You're down 13-3 to at the half at home. You want to bench Peyton then? That's just, that's, just, that's just ugly. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to prevent ugly. You got to agree well, with me. Well, I'm trying to win first and foremost, <laughs> and, and I still believe that in order to win in the playoffs, maybe not that first week, right? If, if they're three and they get the sixth seed, you know, who's well, depends on who that sixth seed is, right? Buffalo, the Jets, the Steelers. Those are pretty good teams. But if they're one uh, or two, I'm saying even if they're one or two, fine, and they they wind up playing three or four. One or so, two, that means if they're two, they end up playing a rematch with Cincinnati or they end up playing against the Patriots. So that 2-3 that right. matchup is going to be brutal. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, it could be. But let's say if they're one and they play the winner of the 4-5, let's say if it's the you know, Colts-Steelers or you know whatever. But I'm just saying – that's the first week they're going to play. You don't want Peyton to be down 14 nothing at the half, an interception, you know, four for nine, you know, four for 17. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying a bad situation, and he's looking horrible. You want to bench him then? I'd rather see him week 17. That's yeah, all I'm like saying. I said, week 17 is a weird week. You know, you want to rest your guys. The other teams are resting their guys. It's not a true. No, depending on, and, and it'll be against San Diego, and that they'll be totally checked out. They'll, they'll probably all know that they're not going back to San Diego. Their last game, they're on the road. It's a warm-weather team. You know those warm-weather teams in January don't really want to strap it up in a cold stadium. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be a weird game. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, let's talk about the best game of the day. 42-39. Marcus Mariota outduels Blake Bortles in the game of the future young guns. I mean, Bortles was amazing, and Mariota was amazing, more amazing-er. <laughs> this, was, this was a game where you're just like, uh, you know, it's going back and forth and back and forth. Good for Tennessee, man. I, you know, I don't know what's going to wind up. What, you know, with, with you know, the roster still needs to improve. Another year free agency in the draft, but they've got some pieces, and I think they've got the quarterback, which is the most important piece. So to me, there's nothing but upswing from here. You know what I mean? He's going to get better next year. He's, you know, obviously he only threw for 112 yesterday, but you got to get him some weapons. All he's got, the poor guy, all he has is Delaney Walker. You know what I mean? 
But I mean, I'm sorry, he ran for 112 yesterday. But the guy is a stud. I mean, you know, you put up, you know, he's putting up by himself almost 400 yards of offense, pass for 268. You know, you got to give the guy credit. I think if you give him uh, Doriel Green Beckham, you know, a healthy Kendall Wright next year. And, you know, maybe you, you get another receiver in there, whether it's a veteran or a young, one of these young studs coming out in the draft, whether it's Coleman from Baylor or, you know, Shepard from Oklahoma, all these good wide receivers in the draft coming out again. Dotson another TCU. Yeah, Dotson from right. TCU. I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely some receivers, Ray. We, we didn't talk about that, Coleman going pro. But, you know, there's some guys coming out and, you know, would you agree? I mean, they, you know, they need some more offensive line. You know, I, we, I guess you probably have to say they might need a, a running back, but we don't know if uh, if Cobb can come back and be healthy next year, if he'll be the guy. But overall, I mean, they're headed in the right direction, the Titans, right? Yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised with the Titans. i got to think that, um, you know, this kid Marcus Mariota has shown some signs, and he's made some great plays. He's had three or four great weeks early on, too. Oof, uh, yeah. So both Jacksonville and Tennessee have some youth, have some talent on the roster, and oh, are moving in the right direction. So I, I like both of them. And Jacksonville. And they're both fun to watch. Like Bortles and, and his receiver. Rob- By the way, Allen Robinson is the best receiver in the NFL that nobody talks about. The kid does it every single week. He really I mean, does. Yeah, it's it's getting to the point where – you know, he's next year in fantasy football. He'll probably be a second-round pick. The kid's a stud. You know, it's great to see. Now, him and Hearns, they both, you know, have had injuries, but they stay healthy, and Marquise Lee gets going and gets stays healthy. Uh, with Julius Thomas, woof, Jacksonville, and, and Yeldon continues to develop. They need another offensive lineman. You know, you, you watch out for that. There's not much to say Cincinnati schlacked Cleveland. Cleveland's a mess. Urban Meyer, Manziel's no, he does not want to go. Man, yeah, Manziel's back. Meyer doesn't want to go coach you guys. Bengals, A.J. Green looks great. They're on fire again. Miami, look, this is the who cares bowl. They take care of the Ravens in an ugly game, yada, yada. You know, it's, I don't know. What, what's your feel on Baltimore? At least they have all the injuries. What's your feel on, on Miami? They win, you know, but what, I mean, at least Devontae Parker's starting to play now. Yeah, so Parker's good. playing. The defense has actually played well at times, and the second half of the season been much better. They had one or two slip-ups, but but you're not really excited about Tannehill. No, and 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 when your big three is Tannehill, Lamar Miller, and who would you say Jarvis Landry? Jarvis Landry is a possession receiver, so he doesn't really scare you. He's he's a great number two, number three. Yeah, Parker can be the one. Yeah, Parker if Parker's will be your number one, one that's a little more exciting. Jordan Cameron was supposed to come over there and what do big things at tight end. I have no idea. But this Somebody kid Barnage, kidnapped his game. <laughs> right, and gave it to Barnage. Because yes. this kid Barnage is doing big things in Cleveland. So The one good very, move Cleveland made, right? They didn't overpay yeah. for their tight end, and they had Barnage. Yeah, very, the very one good. one good move. Astute GMing over there. But, yeah, I, I, if you're Miami, <laughs> you also got to think – you're playing in a division where New England's always going to be good. 
the Jets seem like even with Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback, they're seven and five and they're looking pretty formidable week in and week out. They may not win the Super Bowl, but they're still going to be a good team. And the most talented team in that division, if they could get their head right, and your boy Tyrod Taylor can stay healthy and consistent, the Buffalo Bills might be the most talented team in the AFC East, if not the whole AFC. So Miami's looking up at these teams saying, even though we're looking better in the second half, we're in a tough, tough division. Yeah. So I'm not so encouraged if I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. No, 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 definitely. We got we got to keep it moving. So look, props to Buffalo, the big win over Houston. That was a, a back and forth battle. Tampa, you have to applaud, uh, you know, applaud uh, Jameis. The kid is that that what was it fourth and thirteen to get the first down or fourth and nineteen? Oh, right, like pinball, boom, 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 boom. That was incredible. Running. And like you, I give you props. You called it. The Falcons were, you know, fake champions, paper thin, and that's all they've done is continue to lose, lose, lose. We can't say anything good about the Rams. They're the worst offense and worst. Uh, they're just disgusting. I think Fisher needs to be gone. If they move, they need to uh, get a new quarterback and a new head coach. If they move to L.A., Cardinals look good again. And then we got to talk a little bit before we predict Monday Night Football, Dallas, Washington, the Jets and the Giants. Great game. I know you have thoughts on this. I wish we could have seen Revis against Beckham. Oh, by the way, no one talks about it. Beckham made another great catch yesterday. But you know what? Props to Fitzpatrick. He he did what he had to do. And can we show some love and respect? I I know you. I feel I feel like you underappreciate a little bit Brandon Marshall. And Brandon Marshall is a no, man no, no, and a no. monster. I, he's the he is the real he deal. Is. Uh, I mean, he so is good. a tight end wide receiver in one. Uh, they just throw him the ball. That play that that essentially he won the won game for the Jets. Game. He he yeah. won the game for the Jets. Jump ball, just jump ball, six three, six four, jump ball, and he is. And Josh the, Brown and Eli are the goats in New York right now. I hate to put that on Coughlin. I don't see where this is Coughlin's fault. Maybe you want to say all these games that they've lost so close, maybe it's time for Coughlin to retire, get fired. I don't know. Fine, whatever. But to me, at some point, the coach can only do so much. If the players don't tackle, if the players don't whatever, I mean, at some point you have to say the players are not doing it. It's not the old man with a baseball cap. I mean, really? You know what I mean? I don't know. Here's the crazy part, though. Under the Coughlin, Eli Manning. It's been feast of famine. This is, family, exactly. This has <laughs> been this has been the Giants' formula. They've won two Super Bowls. They've missed the playoffs four times. Peyton Manning's led the, uh, Eli Manning's led the league in interceptions twice, I think, if not three times in, in, in turnovers. So, like you say, it's feast or famine. And you would think that the one thing that you would get from a veteran quarterback, a veteran coach having those two Super Bowl runs underneath them is consistency. But that's the one thing they're not is consistent. And the craziest thing of all, we'll predict the games, but if Dallas were to win this game, you'd have three teams at five and seven oh, with a no. chance to win the NFC East. They should take away the, the, the champion and don't even – let them into the playoffs. By the way, we tweeted about this real quick. We got to move on, but but we tweeted yeah. we tweeted about this. They need to really change that playoff. This is exactly the year that proves that we need to change this because it's very likely that the 
AFC South winner and the NFC East winner are going to be at or maybe even below 500. They should definitely not be the four seed hosting a team with a one, two, or three games better record than they have, maybe a four-game better record than they have. I totally agree. So we got to predict, and then Thursday we have the Vikings and Cardinals. Tonight, Cowboys and Redskins, I think the, the, the horror show ends. I think, you like that. You know you like that. My man Kirk Cousins has three touchdowns. The Redskins win, I'll say, 27-16. Uh, over the Cowboys. I just don't think Castle has that much. I think he'll give the Redskins some turnovers, the defense, which uh, Redskins at home, their defense is a lot better, and so is Kirk Cousins. And my player of the game, I wish I could say it'd be Alfred Morris for fantasy, but I think it's just going to be Jordan Reed um, against the tight end, against the Cowboys. And Jason Wynn needs two catches. He'll get that for 1,000 receptions, second all-times in tight ends. So uh, Reed and the Redskins, that's what I got. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything you said. Matt Castle is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. There's a reason why he was back up to Tom Brady for a while. Not even in the CFL. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cowboys just don't have that punch on offense. I think they'll fight valiantly, but ultimately in the second half, the Redskins pull away. My guy's Kirk Cousins. I think he'll spread it around. I think Jordan Reed will get a little bit. I think the running backs will get a little bit. I think uh, Pierre Garçon will get some. Redskins win pretty easily. I'll say 27-17 to 17 and start to pull away. If one if a one game lead is is pulling away, <laughs> yeah, uh, at least for a week. Yeah, season. don't don't get crazy with any predictions. Just say they're gonna win. <laughs> there you go. Because uh, we didn't even talk about the Eagles Patriots game. So cause, listen, the Eagles won turnovers, whatever. It was a fluke, but they got it done. And kudos to Chip Kelly and the Eagles for that one. You know, Brady, the guys dropped the balls on him. That's what it is. Vikings Cardinals Thursday night. Vikings really need this to to sort of keep any momentum that they had going, but I don't think they can beat the Cardinals. Um, I think it's in Arizona. Well, it might be in Minnesota, but i tell you this. Actually, I think it's in Arizona. I, I, it's one of those games where, to me, the Cardinals, they, they, they can slow down AP. They might not be able to totally stop them, but there's, Teddy Bridgewater is not a threat because his receivers are doing nothing. Cordero Patterson should be slapped in the face for getting the punt return touchdown and doing a dance when you're losing 38-7. to 7. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> and, and I think the Vikings, they put up maybe 17, but I think the Cardinals put up a 30-burger. 30, 30 I'd say uh, 31-17 Vikings. I mean Cardinals over them. And Carson Palmer, he, uh, he shows off uh, three touchdowns, 300 yards. Right, so the game is in Arizona. Yeah. And I think that uh, Adrian Peterson is also feast or famine. And I think against this Arizona defense, when you don't really have to respect the wideouts or Teddy B, that I think he will be stopped. And I think ultimately the Arizona Cardinals win. I don't know that they'll blow them out, but I think they'll win a close game. And I just don't see Minnesota having the ability to score enough points. So I think Arizona wins 26-20, and they go back 
and start to show the league that they're getting ready. They're, if they win that game, they'll be 11-2 trying to show the league that they're an elite team and watch out for us. Oh, you got some home playoff games coming to Glendale. Yeah, man. All right, real quick, we got some champs and chumps, some hot stoves, some top 25 stuff. Champs and chumps, I'm going to go with my champs. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. They've won six in a row. Good game, winning at Oakland. This team is now in the fifth spot in the playoffs. The playoffs started today for the AFC. I think they're a dangerous out. They can go to Indianapolis or Houston and win that first game, which should not be at either one of those teams' houses, as you just said. And I, Alex Smith, you know, he's had like one turnover in the last couple of games. He's, he's throwing it to Macklin, so he's got a bunch of receiver touchdowns this year. So you can't tease him anymore about that. Andy Reid is a creative, heck of a coach, even with Jamal Charles, the, the legendary running back, being out. He's been able to, you know, have a situation where the second and third back have done just as well. And Kelsey has probably been a consistent, you know, Pro Bowl tight end this year. And I just think that the Kansas City Chiefs are the hottest team in football, and nobody really wants to play them. They've already played Denver twice. And I think the rest of the schedule in front of them is very easy, and I think they might run the table to wind up 11-5. and five. They are my champs of the week. Wow, you got them going 11-5. and five. Who would have thought when Jamal Charles goes down and they're 1-5 and five that they would go running, Running the table. My champs, look, you win, and that's all you do in the NFL, right? It doesn't matter if you were lucky. It doesn't matter if it was special teams. It doesn't matter if it was turnovers. A victory is a victory. So my champs this week are the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles win against the New England Patriots in New England. Would anybody thought have thought that that Philly team in disarray could put up 36 against New England? Now, granted, it took a big six. 99-yard return, it took special teams, it took turnovers, it took drop balls. Punt returns. But you know what? Punt returns. But you know what? They did it. They found a way to do it. They found a way to do it. If you look at the glasses half full, you found a way to do it with Bradford throwing for 120 yards. And with your leading rusher being Darren Sproles and then Kenyon Barner. So it wasn't even DeMarco Murray doing anything. They found a way to win, and they're my champs. Beating New England in New England is always impressive. You you said a mouthful there. I mean, that's uh, that's crazy. Well, my chumps, you hate to get negative, you know, but sometimes you just have to when you see something so ugly like the Saints defense. Cam Newton, yes, he's an MVP, but five touchdowns. 331 yards. This team has given up 34 touchdowns. The record is the old Broncos in the AFL with 40. They're on pace to give up 47 touchdowns. It was the 63 Broncos, I believe. This is absurd. This past defense, last year, they gave up the most yards as a defense. This year, they're going to set a record for defensive touchdowns. It doesn't matter what Drew Brees does week to week because he can't outscore most teams. He doesn't have the weapons that he you know, used to have. C.J. Spiller's been a disappointment. The running game, you know, kind of disappointing, even though they got Max Unger. The receivers are not healthy. Some are getting older. Colston. 
but it's the defense. You can fire Rob Ryan, but it doesn't matter. The defense is still the defense. And I don't know what they're going to do to improve it. This could be the window for Sean Payton leaving to go to the New York Giants or to the yeah, Miami we Dolphins. we talked about that off We air. talked about maybe, that months ago. We talked about it months defense. ago. Yeah. Well, not so. having a defense and not being able to assemble a defense. But we'll talk yeah. about it later. Yeah, we'll definitely. Have plenty of time to speculate about that. But they are definitely, Real, definitely my quickly, chumps. Quickly, my chumps are the refs. Now, I hate to throw a blanket, but it seems as if refereeing, and maybe because we're scrutinizing them and maybe instant replay, refereeing has been no, bad the, the last few years. But specifically to win the ACC championship game, you call what looks to be a phantom offside on a Total kickoff. Phantom. Didn't affect the didn't affect the the, the play, right? Yep. It's not like you had unabated to the quarterback. So very troubling and you know, the conspiracy theorists would say that the ACC didn't want North Carolina to win. But I won't go there. I'll just say it was a bad call and just a baffling call at that point in the game. So my chumps are the referees in the Carolina. They took away the chance Clemson for those ACC young kids. Yeah. They took away so the chance for those for young Carolina. kids. That's horrible. Real quick, uh, baseball hot stove. So you have – we left the show. Granke signed six years, $260 million with the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're going crazy out here, new uniforms. They get that move. Jeff Samarja signs with the Giants because they were after Granke. The Dodgers, they couldn't get Granke. They're still after Jose Fernandez, but they do trade for Aroldis Chapman. Which, which is interesting because now they have yeah. two closers, oh, two legit closers, but they're all they, they're doing they're the Royals. under they're, contract for yeah. one year. So They're doing the Royals-Yankees. They're trying who's to be your eighth inning guy. You got to go to Kenley Jansen. Dave Roberts has to go to Kenley Jansen and, and probably get him to to pitch the eighth. Well, we'll see. But either way, it's it's a good move. If then they can get Hernandez. Then it's exceptional. Um, but you got to love Granky to the Diamondbacks. That's 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 really good. And you know, a lot of teams you know are, are trying to get uh, Fernandez from the Marlins. So we'll see what happens with that. That's a little bit of hot stove. College basketball, top 25. You have a new number one in Michigan State. Kansas, two. Our Tar Heels are three. Iowa State, four. You know, um, Kentucky's five. Maryland, six. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, college football and college basketball, man. College basketball, they're seven. Man, we need to, we need to broadcast from Norman. Let's just take a <laughs> yes, road trip. We need to make a road trip. between North. us right now. Let's I don't want to know Oklahoma. what they're drinking. What are they drinking? Duke, eight. Number nine. Villanova, number ten. Oof, Virginia. So you have the Jimmy V Classic tomorrow, so that's always a good thing, raising money for cancer. Um, it's uh, Maryland, UConn, and the first game is West Virginia, Virginia, so that's great. Look for that. Guess what? The NBA, the Warriors, 22-0, and still doing it. They do play, I think, what, the Nets tomorrow and then the Pacers, so that, yeah, that could be maybe on, the, on the back-to-back. On the road still. The Pacers might get them. That might be it. The Pacers are a team that they're, they play small ball. We can maybe match up with them a little bit. Paul George is going to be hard for Draymond to stick. That will be interesting. That's the one that you got to watch. Let's be honest, the Pacers are having a heck of a season. Um, I know you, even you are a little surprised. The Miami Heat's in first place in the East. Um, you know. Did you see that the, at the top of the Eastern Conference, the top – Eight teams are only separated by two and a half games, so you know anybody can be first to eighth in that in that conference. Oh, definitely, 
I think it's I think it's wide open. I think the West is starting to settle. You know, Utah seven, Houston's moved up to eight, Clippers are six, the Grizzlies up there four, Dallas five. So you know, you got Portland, Minnesota, and Phoenix on the outside. So it looks like you know it's starting to. I don't know if Utah can keep up in there with their injuries. They're going to miss Gobert, and then you know they like you said the East is is interesting. You know, Orlando, Boston, and Knicks are right behind Detroit for that A spot. So we'll see how that goes. John Wall got hurt. Thankfully, no structural damage, but Ray, those guards can't stay healthy from year to year. Wall I know, and, and Beal, and they're not little guys too. No, so they're big guys. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, that that'll be interesting to watch. Um, I don't know. You think the Warriors lose on this road trip, or do they survive? I do. It, I do. I think. I think they lose. Yeah, I don't think they go maybe. twenty-six and zero. Could you imagine twenty-six and zero? That's that would yeah, be. I, uh, I gotta believe the it's season. the Pacers. They're not losing to the Nets. Toronto was the one in question. If they're going to lose somebody, it's got to be the Pacer game. Even Vegas might put money on the Pacers that way. And give the Pacers credit. They're playing some good ball. Cavaliers, they lost a great game to the Pelicans in overtime. on What was that, Friday night on ESPN? That was really good. Be some good NBA games this week. Uh, good football, you know, definitely that Vikings. Yeah, we got a good week. Vikings um, game. Sports coming up. We got the Heisman Trophy coming up. We've got uh, on Saturday. We'll talk about that Friday. Yeah. So, yeah, great, great sports week coming up. I do think that by the time we get back on the air, the Warriors lose. Um, Ooh. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like it has to happen at some point. I mean, as good as they are, this, this is this is out. <laughs> can, of can I make you laugh real quick? Before we, you know, segue to Monday Night Football beginning, Spurs seventy-five, Sixers thirty-nine. <laughs> I know, I saw that. Poor, poor Sixers. Just... But you know what? They did it to themselves. Eventually, <laughs> no, they'll be very good. But until then, it's gonna. Eventually be is a long word. <laughs> I know, I know. That's what's that? Eight, nine letters. It's got a, it's got a lot of letters. <laughs> All right. Well, great. All right. Have a great sports week. Great show. We'll catch you on Friday. Uh, Thanks for listening and talking sports with friends. We're out. See you.